I'm Donald Wayne, and this is Trice Talk Mini Pod for Monday night, April the 26th, 2021. Thought I would do something a little bit different tonight for the intro. Um, of course, me being an old dude, I like the old songs, and um, golly, I remember listening to that when it was um, popular on the radio, and it's just one of those songs that kind of, uh, at least for my generation got us moving and celebrating and dancing and just enjoying life. I mean, golly, Joe Cocker and what, what a performer he used to be. Although people used to talk about him being real weird, um, with his mannerisms and so forth, but, um, he was awesome on stage. So I just wanted to do something different tonight. So I hope you enjoyed a little bit of that Joe Cocker. It's um, Monday night, as I said, and it's uh, mini pod night. And then uh, we get back into Tri's Talk Live for three days. And so this will be the uh, last mini pod until Friday night. And I thought I would do something just a little bit different as well, besides the intro music tonight. I wanted to um, kind of step away from politics just a just a little bit, although the subject tonight, uh, it dabbles in politics all the time, which is one of the reasons it's, it's kind of, its popularity has waned in the, in past few years. But, um, so I want to talk about the Oscars, uh, the 2021, which, uh, what was it? Sunday night, I guess, or was it Saturday night? I don't know. Cause I, I, I didn't watch it. I haven't watched it in several years. And I remember being used to being so excited about watching the Oscars when uh, I guess when I used to watch, go to the theater and watch more movies than I, I have in, in recent years. And I don't know that so much that, that there's not any good movies coming out. It's just, um, you know, of course, last year with COVID and shutting down the movie theaters, I mean, didn't help. But even before that, I just I found myself going to the movie less and less. And uh, and I, I kind of miss it. You know, I don't miss paying the money because it was almost like, golly, going to the movie, uh, two or three people, four people. It was almost like uh, going on vacation, you know, by the time you bought the tickets and, uh, of course, snacks. I, I almost have to have popcorn every time I go to the movie. You know, I'm 
it just makes the movie go better for me. Um, but it's, you know, it's become so political. And I think is the main reason I stop because the la- I remember the, I don't remember when it, what season it was, what year it was that I stopped watching the Oscars. But the last time it was just so many political comments. Uh, I'm sure it was maybe even the first year of Trump's presidency, uh, or it could have been towards the end of Obama's. I'm not really sure, but I just, you know, I'm like a lot of the pundits that are, are, are talking today. I went to movies to escape. I went to, of course I went to move. I mean, if you go see a movie, uh, that's about uh, based on a true event and so forth, then, you know, it's kind of hard to get away from reality, but still, by and large, I, I, I would go to movies to just kind of go somewhere away from the normal crap that you have to deal with every day. Um, of course, I was a big fan of the Star Wars movies and, and Harry Potter because my son, my youngest son, was um, of age to go uh, see those Harry Potter films. And um, so there's not there's not too many kind of movies that I don't like. I'm not... I'm not restricted to one genre, but, um, and I've watched movies in recent years that I, I never would have probably thought I would have watched, you know, uh, 10, 15 years ago. Um, so I've expanded my taste as far as uh, the variety of movies that I'm, I'm willing to watch today, but I just like to see a good movie. I like to, and they don't even have to be famous actors or actresses anymore. It's just, you know, good acting. Uh, I like uh, a, a good independent film. And uh, of course, you know, I like the blockbuster, uh, you know, Marvel movies as well. So, but I love movies and it's just a shame that I can't find something that I can watch at the Oscars and be excited about. So tonight I'm going to depend on someone who did watch the Oscars and he writes for uh, Mike Huckabee in Huckabee's uh, daily newsletter. And his name is Pat Reader. And uh, Huckabee refers to him as the pop pop culture guru uh, for, I guess uh, he write. I don't know if he writes exclusively for, for uh, Huckabee or not, but anyway, he's going to give his, uh, he writes an article based on, his experience watching the Oscars for 2021. So I'm going to go through that and um, just something a little bit different for tonight. All right. Pat reader starts out by saying, ordinarily we might not even get, we might not even cover this because seriously, who cares anymore? But since it's the number one trending topic on Google, Someone must be vaguely interested, so it falls to me to deal with it. First of all, I am a lifelong movie buff and have had, uh, having had COVID early on, Laura and I go see movies on the big screen to support our local theaters. However, since most of what's come out lately has been garbage, we mostly see Fathom events, TCM revivals of older films, from that bygone era before good stories, interesting characters and well-written scripts 
were replaced with political lectures and CGI explosions. The best movie we saw in a theater in 2020 was The Maltese Falcon, but it wasn't nominated last night. We did see Mank, a movie made solely for people like me who actually know the history of the making of Citizen Kane, so why wasn't it more accurate? Ma Rainey's Black Bottom and last night's Best Picture winner, Nomadland in theaters. All very well acted, albeit depressing, Nomadland especially. Have the concession stand sprinkle some Prozac over your popcorn before watching that one. Um, I'll stop here. I did see Nomadland. I, of course, I saw it at home. Uh, I guess I streamed it on Netflix. I, I, I imagine that's where I saw it. But um, with Francis McDormand, and I, I liked it, but it was a depressing story. Um, I think it was based on a true story, if I'm not mistaken, or it was very, it, it, it contained a lot of, uh, real life situations in it, but, um, it is one that, you know, it's not going to be one of those films that uh, makes you feel, uh, warm and fuzzy all over, but it's, it's very well done. And, um, and, and I liked it, but of course I like Francis McDormand, almost anything that she could be in and, uh, and I would watch it. So, all right, back to the article with so few well-known pictures nominated. I expect this to be the lowest rated Oscars ever, which, uh, those ratings came out today after this article was written and, uh, they were the lowest ever, but not simply for that reason, the Oscars used to be a celebration of great movies featuring glamorous stars. You never saw anywhere, but the movies now with social media, we can't get away from these people constantly hectoring us with their inane political opinions and showing us their naked bodies. Even if nobody wants to see them, the show used to be hosted by wits like Billy Crystal, Bob Hope and Johnny Carson. Now, Nobody hosts for fear that telling a joke will offend some dweeb on Twitter and end their career. With the reduced size of the venue due to COVID, the lack of host or any humor, the scarcity of exciting movie clips, and more leftist PC specifying than an episode of The View with guest star Don Lemon, it was as dull as an endless employee of the year vegan banquet for a particularly woke nonprofit. And it threatens to get even more insufferable and pointless thanks to the new diversity rules that will create a bunch of identity group boxes that films have to check for cast and crew to qualify for a nomination. To me, if someone makes one of the best films of the year, it should be nominated whether it's got an all-white cast and crew or a all-black or all-Asian or how many lesbian trans Tahitians work on the, on the catering. Picking a best anything is always subjective, but now they're adding the extra asterisk of best picture among those left over after we filtered out all the irrelevant 
identity politics requirements. Gee, that's a long title. Sadly, honoring a movie just for being the best movie would be rewarding merit, and meritocracy is a white supremacist construct. Hilariously enough, even after all this diversity virtue signaling, the top acting awards went to an older white lady, Frances McDormand, on her third win, and a much older, really white dude, Sir Anthony Hopkins, his sixth nomination and second win. At 83, he's now the oldest Best Actor winner ever. In The Father, Hopkins played a man with creeping dementia, and he was at home asleep in bed when he won. So it was a lot like watching a CNN town hall with Joe Biden. The big shock of the evening was the loss of Chadwick Boseman for Ma Rainey. It was a great performance, and because of his untimely death from colon cancer, it was Hollywood's last chance to honor the Black Panther star. Some people must have lost a lot of money in Vegas on that one. One of the few moments of levity came from the Best Supporting Actress winner, Korean actress Yu Hung Yeon. Who used her name, who used her time to joke about how Westerners mispronounce her name, which I probably did, to point out to her kids how hard their mothers work and to flirt with presenter Brad Pitt. She should give lessons to the others on how to make an entertaining acceptance speech. Well, maybe she hasn't been ruined by the political elite in Hollywood yet. It was also nice to see that the best documentary documentary award that too often goes to left-wing propaganda creators like Michael Moore um, went to the excellent and touching My Octopus Teacher. Maybe the octopus voting block stuffed the ballot boxes with all eight arms. I'll bet the octopus teacher is glad she actually showed up to work last year. Now, that one I haven't seen. Actually, I don't remember hearing about it. The whole thing ended abruptly when the expected honoring of Bozeman, the acting awards were moved to the end for some reason, was derailed by the surprise win of Hopkins, who wasn't even there. The home audience would have been baffled about just what happened if anyone had still been awake by that time. The one tradition that still survives is the blatant Hollywood hypocrisy. As always, they routed the homeless from the area to bring in a massive armed police presence and a security wall to protect the stars as they lectured us about how bad cops, guns, and security walls are. They all wore their COVID mask outside, but took them off on inside because if your face is on camera, the virus can infect you. And in between lectures about not objectifying women, we got to see so many plunging necklines that I thought at times it was the Golden Globes Award. Well, that's enough of this. If you actually want to know more about it, uh, there is a write-up on Fox uh, News. (laughs) Um, So that's pretty much his and uh, his uh, impression of what went on at the Oscars last night. And um, 
and I did read the, the Fox article as well, but it's pretty much repetitive, repetitive about what he just said. But I, I do want, I pulled out one thing out of that Fox News article, which wasn't mentioned here. And I'd actually seen it on TV as well. And for me, it's uplifting to see something like this. And uh, of course, uh, Tristock is in Atlanta or the Atlanta area. We're not actually Atlanta proper, but we're in Atlanta. And so we're very familiar with Tyler Perry and anybody in the Atlanta area or anybody that uh, knows anything about uh, Tyler Perry's uh, studios and so forth. Um, Tyler Perry has built a massive studio complex, um, a little bit Southeast. Let's see. South East, uh, Southwest of downtown Atlanta. And as actually, he actually, uh, I don't know if he, I guess he had to purchase it. Uh, must've had to purchase it. Uh, an old army base that was, um, had been abandoned for a number of years and, uh, he purchased it and he's turned it into this, um, studio complex that, uh, employs a lot of people and he makes a lot of movies down there. But, uh, Tyler Perry is from the Atlanta area and, you know, he, he seems for all practical purposes, seems to be a great person. Uh, he's been, um, he's had hard times in his life where he talks about having lived in his car for a while because he had nowhere to live. Um, so there was a number of years that he struggled and, um, so anyway, he's made a number of comments. Um, and then when people look to him to say something negative about uh, what Republicans have done in Georgia and so forth, he stays pretty much uh, middle of the road. And uh, I think back when uh, Hollywood was asking Atlanta to boycott films and boycott the Atlanta area, back when uh, Georgia was uh, proposing the new election laws, the, the changes to the election laws, Tyler Perry said he wasn't going to participate in that. Number one, he's got a lot of pe local people here that are, that depend on him for a job. So, you know, he stood up against the Hollywood elite and said, you know, uh, whether or not I agree with some of these things, I'm not going to hurt these people that depend on me for jobs. And, uh, you know, that's something separate from what I do. So, um, I, I really like Tyler Perry and I commend him anyway. He got an award at, uh, the Oscars and, um, let me see if I can separate this. All right. So I just going to read is short, his acceptance speech and something that they said about Tyler Perry. Uh, Tyler Perry then accepted the second Gene Herschelt Humanitarian Award given during the ceremony. The actor, who runs a massive television and movie studio in Atlanta, provided a significant memory from 17 years ago when he helped a homeless woman who approached him asking for shoes. I recall her saying to me, Tyler Perry said, I thought you would hate me for asking. I said to her, how could I hate you when I used to be you? He then discussed the importance of not being quick to judge another person and called for everyone watching to refuse hate 
something he learned from his mother. My mother taught me, he said, to refuse hate. She taught me to refuse blanket judgment. With all these internet and social internet algorithms, it is my hope that all of us should or would teach our kids to just refuse hate. Don't hate anybody. I refuse to hate someone because they are Mexican or because they are black or white or LGBTQ. I refuse to hate someone because they are a police officer. I refuse to hate someone because they are Asian. I want to take this Gene Herschelt Humanitarian Award and dedicate it to whoever wants to stand in the middle. That's where conversation happens. That's where change happens. So I, I commend him. I, I, I posted something on Twitter uh, this afternoon when I, I saw that and I read it and I, I just, um, I had to say something about that Tyler Perry. What a wonderful statement. What if more of these morons that, that do these award shows would get up there and say something like Tyler Perry? What if we had a majority, and it's, it doesn't take away with, from the bad things that happen in this country, just because you want to say there are good people and I choose not to hate everybody just because of some stereotype that people want me to adhere to. And, and what if, what if all of Hollywood said that, what if all these sports people said that? Okay, so there's a shooting here, and you can be mad about that. You can be angry about that. You can you can be upset about that. But are you going to be mad at everybody that falls into that classification because of that one event? Are you going to say that everybody that falls into that classification is is exactly like that? One of my favorite lines. Um, uh, from Hugh Grant. <laughs> I think it was, um, I think it was two weeks notice. Anyway, one of his favorite lines or one of my favorite lines from that, it, um, is where he says, don't be ridiculous. Do you know everybody? Well, if you don't know everybody, how can you say what's in everybody's heart? How can you judge everybody based on what you see one person do or even 10 people do? So Tyler Perry's statement uh, was big. And gee, I wished a lot of people would follow his example. And, and of course, we need to do that, too, as well. Uh, and, you know, on both sides of the aisle, Republicans and Democrats, um, you know, one thing that we try to do on Trice Talk and I try to do on Minipod is even though we'll be critical of, of people, um, especially in politics, about certain issues and so forth, or if somebody says something that's that's, um, you know, um, I don't know, it just shouldn't have been said. Uh, we may criticize them for that. But I've said a number of times I don't hate. I don't even hate Maxine Waters. I don't, I don't hate Joe Biden. Um, I don't hate Kamala Harris. I don't know them. What I don't like is their policies. I don't like what they're trying to do to the country, but without knowing them, without meeting them, without having means to have some kind of, um, 
firsthand knowledge about what kind of person they are, I can't say that I hate them. Of course, it's not a good thing to hate even, even if you know somebody, but it's just we talk about things that we don't like about their policies and about what they're trying to do to the country. Uh, we try to keep it focused on that uh, more than about the person themselves. Because, again, if you don't know someone, how can you be judgmental other than based on what you see in public and certainly don't want to base it on everything that you read? So kudos to Tyler Perry and golly, maybe some more people have the guts to step up and say similar things in the near future. What a difference that might make. All right. Uh, short and sweet. That's going to do it for this episode of mini pod. I appreciate anybody that uh, downloaded it and listened to it. Uh, keep in mind, uh, it's after midnight now. So, uh, Tristop live will be on tonight with myself and Dennis Lee. And of course, uh, we did not do a live show on Sunday night. Uh, we tried something a little bit different. We're making some changes, uh, to some of the format and so forth. And so in order to do that, uh, we may not do as many live shows for a while until we get the new format in place and everything to our liking. So, uh, but anyway, tomorrow night we will be, or tonight, actually, we will be live at 11 PM Eastern time. So uh, I hope everybody will uh, tune in and join us for that. And I'm sure we'll have some interesting things to talk about. Um, so with that, I'm going to uh, actually going to go back out of here with uh, a little more Joe Cocker because it makes me feel good. And uh, just want to say, Stay safe, everybody, and um, remember, you and only you get to define who you are, not some political party or some activist. Stay safe, everybody.
Oh, oh, oh.